my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of HR Sound Off. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. And today, our topic is all on people science. What is people science, and why does it matter? And here to have this conversation with me is Vivian Wu from Culture Amp. And I'm so excited to be a partner with Culture Amp um, to share their products and services with my clients. So, Vivian, welcome. It's so great to have you today. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me here, Julie. Um, I'm doing really great, and I'm looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have today. Awesome. So why don't we just start off with who is Vivian Wu? Like, what do you do? And how did you get your start? How did you get here? What's your origin story? (laughs) Awesome. So, okay, that's a loaded question. Who am I? (laughs) Um, We'll start off with what I actually do. Um, I'm a lead people science analyst here at CultureAmp. I've been with CultureAmp for about two and a half years, and I like to think of my role as kind of um, special projects. That's really what I do with a focus on people science, specifically analytics. I do special projects internally um, for our HR team and for various other parts of the business when it comes to data. Mm -hmm. I do special projects for our customers if they want to do any kind of linkage or predictive analytics. And I also do some research for our marketing um, group. So really any kind of deep data dive, I'm, I'm there and um, ready to do it. Yeah. And by the smile on your face, it looks like it's what you really enjoy doing. Yes, I absolutely do. It's funny. I was having a conversation with some of my coworkers talking about how I lead, I lead a very data-driven life. Uh-huh. It isn't just my work where I'm like, oh, look, let's look at the data and let's see what the patterns are. <laughs> I like to keep track of things in my own personal life. I'm like, okay, let's look at my budget. What do I really spend my money on? Like how many steps do I t- take? You know, is there a pattern to when I'm more active versus when I'm not? Right. Um, the patterns that emerge are really interesting. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I should uh, make a few tweaks because that's not really aligning with what I'm looking to do. <laughs> <laughs> so your entire life is surrounded by data. So what drew you to this particular career path? Like, how did you get here? Oh, yeah. So I didn't intend to get here, honestly. Um, I've always been fascinated by, you know, people, so psychology, and that's what I had got my undergrad in. But then I say my first, ex- my first few experiences in the workplace didn't turn out so well. Um, in my 20s, I got laid off twice. Uh Um, and you know, there was outsourcing in one instance, we actually had to train our replacements. It was very uh, demoralizing. And I thought to myself, okay, these are some pretty bad workplace experiences. There has to be a better way. There has to be a way to make work better Mm -hmm. for the employees. Cause this is absolutely not it. I was looking how it was affecting me 
um, affecting my coworkers. And, and that's when I discovered IO psychology. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, there's an entire sub discipline of psychology about work and organizations. And, and that's how I got interested um, in, in, in this field. Mm -hmm. And then eventually when it came to analytics, I worked as a survey consultant for a number of years, but my inclination, you know, you're doing a lot of customer management and doing the, uh, the customer facing presentations and trainings, but I really leaned, I really had an inclination towards the data side. Yeah. Like, let's look at the data. Let's, let's do some more fun things with the data and see what emerges and how it's relevant to, you know, the questions and, you know, you're asking about yeah. your people. Awesome. I've been really excited to have this conversation with you because, you know, studies show that, especially in the HR space, one of the major things that we struggle with as HR professionals is how to manage data. It's almost like what data should we be using and how do we use this data to our advantage? And so now, now I have you, the expert here, to kind of like have this conversation. I'm really excited. But I want to just um, kind of like give people a, a working definition for what is people science? So people science is kind of an umbrella term of all the different um, social sciences that look at the interactions of people, of people behavior. So that includes, you know, consulting psychology, sports psychology, um, various aspects of social psychology, industrial organizational psychology, um, because, and then there are a few other disciplines, but all of them really focus on people, what drives them and, you know, their behavior. So that's why we call it people science. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that. And so what does your job entail at, at Culture Amp? How do you put the science into helping Culture Amp create this great platform that they have today? Like, how does that work? So it leverages a lot of my experience, both in my academic knowledge, you know, all the theories that exist out there of why people do leadership theories, training theories, all of that. Um, also with my experience working with customers throughout the years. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, it's the data. Right. So my work focuses specific, I do my work when I'm provided data, either through a platform or through the customer, provide, you know, through some um, external means mm -hmm. and taking a look at the patterns. I'm like, okay, what do the patterns say? And how does it relate to what I know about the customer or what I know about the organization, my own experience and what the theories say? Mm -hmm. So it's this um, interaction between all those different factors. Yeah. What are some of the what are some of the things that you use to help you um, create like your to create the dashboards and stuff like that? Like, how do you get into this whole what does that work day look like for you as you put all that stuff together? Um, sorting out information. So there's a lot of pre-work that goes in before you can even start to touch the data. Right. It's finding out what is, you know, what is the customer, whether it's internal, or external, trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Is there a specific question, specific issue that is top of mind for them? Mm -hmm. um, and that helps hone in. It's like going to the grocery store without any idea of what you actually want to buy. You're like, yeah. I'm hungry. But having a grocery list, be like, okay, we're making a dinner for six people. All right, 
that narrows down what aisles I'm going to go to. And, you know, depending on who the people are, you know, what I'm going to buy. Right. Um, it's the same way when it comes to working with data, you have to have some idea. It's some kind of research question or problem to address or examine mm -hmm. um, before you look at the data. Be like, what data best fits this? It's, you know, what um, tool is best for this given situation. And that's how data is really applied. Data is a tool right. to answer questions. Mm -hmm. and, and for people working in organizations or especially HR professionals, mm -hmm. you have access to a lot of data. But like I said, it's one of the many things that we struggle with as HR is like, how do we take this data and put it in a way that it helps our organization to really get a great perspective of what is happening with our people and the experience that they're having with the organization to know how we need what we need to do next to either make that experience better or what do we have to stop doing? What do we have to start doing and what can we continue doing, right? Because ultimately Absolutely. that's what we're trying to achieve. Yep. So HR has a wealth of data. HR has all this information about employees, but not a lot of times the problem is we collect it without any purpose. And as a result, the quality of the data isn't always the best. I've run into this numerous situations where I will take a look at the HRIS data of a customer and, and there are just inconsistencies. There's missing, missing values, inconsistent values, maybe duplicate entries. I'm like, okay, which of this refers to this particular employee? Cause they're in there twice. Yeah. Oh my um, yeah. So it starts with getting understanding what you actually have mm -hmm. before you can answer any questions. I'm like, is, is this stuff accurate? Um, and, and that's something that HR can, can do, you know, making sure that these lists are updated. How frequently are they updated? Where are you getting, is it self-report from the employee? Is the manager filling this out? You know, is, is an HRBP filling it out? Um, understanding, you know, who is accountable for making sure that data is correct, first of all. Yes. And figuring out what questions, you, you know, HR as a function has about the employee experience, various aspects. Is there, you know, a DNI issue? Um, are there issues with managers? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, and then what are the concerns that other stakeholders, you know, senior leadership have regarding mm -hmm. the employee workforce? And, and kind of separating out of those two questions. What do we want to know as HR and what do you know, the overarching leaders want to know about the workforce? Mm -hmm. And then seeing how well the data that currently exists can answer those questions. Um, sometimes you're gonna need to get do other things to collect data, yeah. but look at what you have right now. You know, Start with simple questions, understanding who your workforce, getting basic demographic data is, um, is pretty important <laughs> yes definitely like I always say to like my age my clients that I'm working with like the first thing you want to know is like what is your head count mm -hmm. and how is that head count split up like who are those people that make up that number in terms of their gender in terms of their race um, in terms of their sexuality because all of these things impact the DNI um, you want to look at it from a perspective of like your leadership and how many people in your leadership space broken down again are by sex, um, by gender. Um, you wanna make sure that you're understanding by race, 
Mm -hmm. where the where the people are missing and the gaps that you need to fill and that whole headcount um question once it's answered right helps you to answer a lot of other questions yeah that's the beauty of doing analytics is because it's a continuous process mm -hmm. once you answer one question it leads to follow-up questions yeah. you're like okay now that we know this one does this answer let us know, is this an issue? Uh, and then how might we address it? It might be a follow-up question. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can do more analytics, collect more data and be like, okay, what do the people think? What do experts think um, is the best solution to address this, this issue? Mm -hmm. um, and then the follow-up question to that, once you collect that data is, was it actually effective? Do we actually move the needle and create positive impact? And it just keeps going from there. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that because it's almost like once you are able to answer those questions, you can figure out what's going to happen next or like the way that you need to move forward. But I think that those are really important questions to ask. Um, are we collecting data for the sake of collecting data? Or are we actually co collecting data to make an impact, like to do something with it that's going to make a positive impact? in the workplace. So let me ask you this, Vivian, like what are some of the most common mistakes you see HR professionals making with data? Ooh, that is an excellent question. I think one of the issues that I run into the most is that everybody, different departments or different groups of a company will use different systems mm -hmm. or worse spreadsheets. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> nothing, nothing irritates me more than the Excel spreadsheet. As funny enough, I'm, I'm actually in between, as I record this session with you today, I'm actually attending an HR conference for, it's a Sherm chapter of the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions that I asked in a poll question that I asked was like, are you collecting data? How are you collecting your, your people data? Are you using an HRIS system or are you using Excel spreadsheets? And I kid you not, if, 120 people answered that question. About 80 of them said they were still using Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. See, I love Excel, but not for that. I think Excel <laughs> is a very useful tool yes. for certain things, but not for host, not for, you know, keep record keeping of your HRIS data. Absolutely no. not. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. There are so many pitfalls to using Excel. It's difficult to manipulate. There's versioning control you know, inconsistent, there's, it's easy to enter inconsistent values, at which point once you actually try to do anything with that data, you're like, oh, this is very messy. Uh -huh. um, and it requires a lot of cleanup. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> super, super yucky. So if you're listening out there, guys, you need to get a proper HRIS system. If you're, if you're still working with Excel spreadsheets, like you need to stop that. Like, right, Vivian and I are telling you right now today, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Find a proper HRIS system. Yes, Vivian, tell them. <laughs> exactly. Because Excel, you can do whatever you want in Excel, and then it just ends up becoming, you know, it could become anything, um, not necessarily useful. But HRIS systems are built with structure in mind so that you can actually check and you can make reports. Building a report in Excel is incredibly manual. And as you add more variables or more demographics and more data, it isn't very easy to adjust and pivot mm -hmm. um, with those new additions. Yep, definitely. So for HR professionals, again, who are now at this stage of like, okay, I have to present data 
mm-hmm. to my to my leadership what should their presentation look like what do we need to put in there off the bat so the presentation okay let's see numbers <laughs> data data numbers are incredibly powerful if you, uh-huh. you can say you know we improve turnover okay great by how much that's where the number actually really um, resonates with yes. everybody because otherwise it's like, you know, kind of this ambiguous amorphous concept be like, okay, we improved it, but was it a little, was it a lot? Once you actually have a number at then comparison, be like, this is what attrition, this is what turnover was like last year. <laughs> this is what turnover currently is. And that was what a 5% improvement or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly powerful. Yes. I think that going back to what I said, really understanding the question, you know, what is your audience actually interested in? Talk about the metrics that they actually care about. This is where kind of connecting HR data, HRIS data or HR data to those metrics, whether it be sales numbers, be like, hey, those departments that have more diverse workforces, look, they actually make more money too. Mm -hmm. And, And making a connection between HR data and those metrics that leaders care about is so incredibly powerful. It demonstrates the value of HR. Be like, hey, look at the work that we do and look at how it impacts the stuff that you actually care about. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think that it's really important. I think, like I said, a lot of HR people do struggle with putting data together, understanding where the numbers are coming from. So like if I don't have an HRS system and I am pulling that data from Excel, like I already know the possibility of that data being inaccurate mm-hmm. is greater. Yes. So we need to find a proper way to manage that data so that we can present it properly. We will return to my interview with Vivian Wu in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors, Ability CBT. Ability CBT is an internet-based cognitive behavioral therapy program designed to provide effective mental health care to people dealing with a variety of concerns, including anxiety, depression, trauma, and grief, and more. The program is guided by experienced therapists who are there to help you understand and navigate your mental health concerns and build long-lasting coping skills. Accessible from any device at any time, Ability CBT is delivered through a secure digital platform to combine the benefits of in-person therapy with the convenience of virtual access to fast, easy and effective support. Ability CBT offers a targeted program to help address mental health concerns related to the uniquely challenging aspects of pandemics, including uncertainty, isolation, burnout, caring for family and community members information overload and stress management. Ability CBT can be accessed online at myicbt.com or by downloading the Ability CBT app from the Google Play or App Store. You deserve to feel better. We now return to our interview with Vivian Wu. I want to talk a little bit about dashboarding Mm -hmm. because I think I think dashboarding makes work so much more beautiful and people get a better understanding. What are some of the things that you would recommend when it comes to creating dashboards? Is there any specific tech um, if you're if you're not using an HRIS system, but like instead of using graphs, what's a great way to put dashboards together? Oh, this 
I mean, there are classes in using like Power BI or Tableau to create dashboards, which is a bit complicated. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can create rather simple but powerful dashboards in Excel. There are, um, you know, as, as you get more, uh, gain some expertise in some of the different functionality in Excel, but whatever widgets, whatever graphs and charts you're going to include in the dashboard really should be the ones that make the biggest impact. These are the biggest, wow. These are, and also the things that tend to vary over time. Yeah. So how often are you going to be updating it? If you're going to be updating it, then there should be a way to automate it, feed in the data. <laughs> this is, this is what, this is where Excel becomes a bit problematic because you have to manually enter data yeah. versus you can have link sources through actual like dashboard software. And then as those files are updated, the dashboard itself will update as well. Mm -hmm. You could keep track of some of the more basic HR metrics, like what is your hiring rate? What is your attrition rate broken out by different categories? Mm -hmm. um, voluntary versus involuntary, regrettable versus non-regrettable. You can look at, from a DEI perspective, various representation numbers across different parts of the organization, as well as levels you know, including survey data at CultureAmp, you know, we're a feedback platform and seeing what is the current level of engagement or the current level of inclusion and belonging mm -hmm. with your customers and being able to slice and dice by various parts of the organization is incredibly powerful, especially yeah. for HR. Um, the larger your company, the more you're going to have to hone in on specific segments yes. of the company. Absolutely. And I was going to say, like, now that we've told people, like, what the possibility is with data and how you can put it together, let's kind of, like, give them the secret sauce, which is culture app. <laughs> like, how can we help people to appreciate what they can really pull out of um, culture app, not just from an engagement perspective, but also from a performance management perspective? using all of your magic powers in data and what you bring to the table to cult for culture amp what does that look like for for all of our potential customers listening today so the culture amp platform offers we provide a lot of guidance especially for um HR users that may not be used to using data, we have there's a lot of training materials that we offer about how to interpret data, mm -hmm. um, where to start when even talking about surveys or performance, mm -hmm. um, and and how to kind of take the next step after you've gotten the steps down of like this is how you run an engagement survey. Okay, great. Now we have all these other surveys that may pivot that may pivot off of your results of your engagement survey. Maybe there is a, ma a management problem. We have templates that address a lot of different issues as they come up either from survey results or from employee feedback or um, from leadership be like, hey, we're curious about this topic. Mm -hmm. And thus we provide instruction and we have great, you know, customer success coaches and people scientists to help guide you along your way and provide expertise along this journey, whether it be through surveys or whether it be through performance. Yep. And that's the secret sauce, guys. <laughs> so you don't have to use Excel um, and you don't have to just rely on your HRIS system alone. Um, you have culture app at your fingertips to be able to utilize and help you to engage your employees more efficiently and effectively and also to manage performance. And, perfor and Culture Amp also integrates with most major HRS systems, right? So yes. 
most HR assistants that you may have, whether that be Workday, um, Bamboo HR, whatever you're working with, you can always find that integration with culture app. So you don't have to worry about buying another piece of information that's gonna operate in a silo. It will integrate very well and enhance your, your HR tech stack, right, Vivian? Exactly, exactly. And I think one of the beauty of the platform one of the beautiful features of the platform is that reporting is easy. Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest issues isn't just that you're collecting data um, and you're, you know, for performance or for your survey, but it's actually getting the information back out to the managers and the employees about what's relevant, what is the state of engagement within your piece of the organization, what is your performance, having all that in one tool. Mm -hmm. is so helpful because it saves so much work. Be like, okay, once you upload who <laughs> your, your employee hierarchy, you'd be like, okay, great. Now the right people can get the right information. Yes, definitely. Thank you. What do you, what do you think is the future of people science? Oh, I think that particularly now with the way the workforce has changed and just workforce dynamics has changed due to the pandemic. There's a lot of evolution about these relationships that we kind of took for granted and may actually be changing about what people want. Mm -hmm. That sense of fulfillment and that sense of well-being, the expectation of well-being in work. Mm -hmm. It isn't just enough to get a paycheck, um, but it's employees are looking for more. Mm -hmm. They aren't, money isn't enough, you know, to offset being treated poorly. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that shift. We're seeing, um, we conducted some research internally of which industries have been growing and shrinking. Yeah. And certain industries, you know, the ones hit the hardest where a lot of times they're being paid minimum wage, they're losing employees to other industries mm -hmm. because the other industries treat their employees better. They value the people. They recognize that investing in people is important. Um, so staying on top of these kinds of trends, I think the workscape is evolving a yeah. lot. Yeah. And it's people science is going to lead the way by really recognizing these patterns and understanding what the potential implications are and how it's going to shape the workforce going forward. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing how the, these rules evolve. I mean, for the most part, the first time I heard about people science or like a people scientist mm -hmm. was with my experience with Culture App. Um, but I know that there it does exist in other spaces. Um, but and it's only going to get bigger and I think it's a great opportunity for people who want to explore the HR profession to recognize that there are other areas that they can branch out into and people science is a great one for people to explore. Absolutely experience in HR there there really is no substitute for that working with people and understanding how organizations work is foundational to becoming a, a, a good people scientist. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that information mm -hmm. with us today, Vivian. I really appreciate it. Would you tell our audience what you're reading, watching, listening to right now that you think that they would enjoy? <laughs> okay. So it just so happens um, that my favorite show, um, my favorite show currently, it, the season finale is on tonight. It's what we do in the shadows. Now, have you, have you heard no. of that show, Julie? No, I have not. 
So I'm gonna check IMDb right now. Okay, okay. So it's it's based off of a movie. Um, mm-hmm. but the TV show follows a group of vampires who live in Staten Island, New York. Mm-hmm. And it's a, in a mockumentary style. <laughs> One, it is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it happens that this season, it's more of a workplace comedy, if you can imagine that with vampires. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's entertaining. It is incredibly hilarious, uh-huh. absurd, because, you know, we're looking at modern day vampires trying to navigate workplace Uh, yeah navigate a very interesting workplace Uh and and just you know all their supernatural drama Uh and it's I love it because it sets my brain free I'm like okay I love you know I love interpersonal dynamics (laughs) with with that supernatural kind of fantasy Uh uh, influence yeah so (laughs) that that show makes me laugh Uh Okay, what we do in the shadows. Got it. What we do in the shadows, yes. <laughs> Interesting. So if you had to give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? Hmm. Don't worry that you don't have a specific career goal in mind. I think being open to opportunities is incredibly valuable. That mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you come across something, you're like, oh, let me try that out. Don't beat yet. Don't be scared to try things out. You aren't committing to anything, but just seeing one, are you good at it? And two, are you interested? Yeah. Um, That's how I stumbled upon analytics. I didn't intend to be focused on, you know, people science and specifically people science analytics. When I got out of grad school, I was, you know, going to be a consultant, Uh but that changed. I was like, oh, this opportunity presented itself. Why not try something new? And then I found, I, I fell in love with it. Yeah. Amazing advice to give yourself. (laughs) What is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? I think it's funny. And I I made this comment um, about the portrayal of HR typically in like media and popular media as ineffective. HR isn't powerful. And yet when I see in, you know, my own experience is that HR exerts so much influence. Um, And there is this misconception of people before they even enter the workforce and have actually any personal experience with HR, they have this, you're like, okay, what, this is what a picture of what HR is until they realize, oh, it's actually something very different and how it impacts your working experience can be quite profound. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that's a big one, because I think that a lot of people um, say that. So I'm really glad that you were able to set the record straight on that. I always wonder, like, in another life, kind of like your movie that you like to watch. I actually watched this movie on um, Disney Plus, which is called What If? Mm-hmm. And it's like the word, like, what if the Avengers were like, what if um, Thanos was a good guy? Like, what yeah. if? you know so you get all these different versions and I'm like what if in another lifetime like HR really got the respect that it deserved yep I absolutely think so I think that HR is so incredibly powerful if they are empowered by senior leadership and I think that's really you know one of the biggest hurdles 
is that HR needs a seat at the table. It doesn't just be like, okay, HR is here for compliance purposes. No, HR can really do a lot of fantastic work if you resource them well, if you actually provide the support that they need. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much, Vivian. You have survived your time in the sound week today. <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you. And please, you're welcome back anytime to talk to us all things HR data, because I know there's a lot more that we could tap into. And um, I would love to have you back for us to engage some more and help our audience appreciate the things that they can do with the data to put the power in their hands to move things forward in their organizations and also to boost their HR careers, right? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Julie. I've had a wonderful time talking to you about all of this. That's been great. So I wish you all the best and I look forward to engaging you in other opportunities and just learning more and benefiting more from all of your great wizardry in culture app. <laughs> Great, thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I A M Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Ability CBT and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next sound off.